Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Back to The Baldface Truth with John Kanzano on 750 The Game. Well, Coach Prime was introduced to the media on Sunday in Boulder, and uh, it must have been some kind of circus. Uh, It captured the headlines. As we talked earlier, there was a whole bunch of stuff going on with the college football playoff and the bowl announcements and the SEC championship game and the Big Ten championship game that were held on uh, Saturday, but the headlines belong to Colorado football. Brian Howell is here to talk about it. And if you don't know Brian, he has joined us on the show before. Does a fantastic job uh, covering sports and covering Colorado football. He is the go-to guy on that beat. And if you are somebody who wants to know what's going on with Colorado football, and oh, by the way, right now Colorado football is kind of a big deal, uh, the Colorado Buffaloes beat writer for the Buff Zone and the Boulder Daily Camera and the author of several published books is joining us now. What kind of circus was that, Brian? Well, it was uh, unlike any press conference I've ever been a part of. And as you know, you know, I've covered CU for a few years now, so I've been a part of several uh, introductory press conferences, <laughs> more so than I should have been over the last uh, four or five years. So, um, I mean, it, it was a circus. I mean, it was clearly a celebrity, uh, a big-time celebrity was walking into Boulder, not just a head coach. Give, like, for a typical Colorado news conference in the past few years, how many media members are showing up? when Mel Tucker or Carl Durrell are given a talk versus maybe what we saw on Sunday as you uh, approach, uh, you know, Folsom Field and go in for this news conference? Yeah, well, I'll just say, you know, a lot of it yesterday was not even media. It was uh, they opened it up to, uh, I mean, there was a ton of former players. There was donors. Uh, I mean, it was, it was crazy. I mean, there were fans there that uh, – it was insane. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how they let that many people in, but um, then maybe a, a typical one, you'd have twenty some media members. Uh, this might have been about double that. I certainly saw uh, local media that I hadn't seen up in Boulder, and you know, since before the pandemic, probably. Uh, but it was a lot of it was so many of the fans and boosters and you know, former players there that it just, you know, it felt like uh, you're there at a at a party or something. And like, if if, if you listen to the audio. It almost sounds like you're listening to a, a sitcom with like the laugh tracks, yeah, because I mean people were laughing at every every joke that Dion would try to make, and uh, I mean it was it was crazy. I mean uh, so many cheer, so many cheering, uh, laughing, things like that. You know, typically you just have a press conference where the guy's talking and people are asking questions. So this was way different. The, the immediate impression that you got uh, of Dion, his command of the news conference. Um, just sort of the energy around him. What did you make of it? Yeah, I mean, it, he's clearly uh, in control and, and very comfortable in his skin. And uh, uh, this is his show. I mean, this is his program now. And uh, he is extremely confident. Um, he had a line where he said, I don't wear cologne. That's confidence I'm wearing. You know, and 
you know, to, <laughs> to be able to say something <laughs> like that, you're a pretty confident guy. The players in the reaction to that meeting, that video went out. Uh, I know it was a snippet because I saw a much larger piece that made Dion look a little better. But what's the reaction been there from players who are uh, on the roster and maybe questioning where they fit in in his program? I haven't, you know, we haven't been around uh, players today, but at least on social media, uh, you know, I've seen several of the players, you know, that have kind of said, hey, let's go, I'm ready to rock. You know, I'm sure some of them are nervous because uh, the bottom line is, is, as those that watch the Pac-12 and watch Colorado, uh, this was a terrible roster, and uh, they need a makeover. And so there's a lot of those guys that won't be here, and uh, a lot of those guys probably don't even know if they'll be here or not. But uh, the reaction seems to be a lot of, uh, you know, hey, let's get going, let's go. But there's also some guys that are already in the transfer portal that I have heard uh, they're in the transfer portal because they don't want to be a part of this. I mean, they're not, they don't want to be with Dion's program. Or, you know, Owen McCown is one that uh, is in the transfer portal, and that one makes a lot of sense because he's a quarterback and Dion's bringing his son to play quarterback. So um, there's certainly some players that uh, are ready to move on and don't want to be a part of it. What, what are you hearing now as far as players who do want to be a part of it? How different does it feel right now with players sort of expressing interest or reaching out or even tweeting and, you know, how impactful can Coach Prime be in year one? You know, I, I think it's going to be huge because what we've seen already, and obviously we know today is the, the opening, the official opening of the transfer portal. Uh, just watching social media, there's so many uh, players, like five-star players that, uh, you know, have announced, hey, I've, I've got an offer from Colorado now. Um, you know, there, there's an offensive lineman committed to Iowa, one of the best in the country, that got an offer from CU today, and uh, they're going to try to poach him. And, you know, uh, Travis Hunter, who's at Jackson State, the number one recruit in the country last year, you know, Jackson State got him to flip from Florida State. Um, he actually, uh, on a little snippet, a video of Dion talking, uh, you know, I think it was an Instagram Live maybe, uh, Travis Hunter is a video, he says, I'm coming, Coach. So, you know, Travis, I mean, could Travis Hunter be coming to the, to the Buffaloes? And, you know, things like that are, it's insane to think of what the talent influx could be in Boulder. Brian Howell is with us, Boulder Daily Camera. The uh, salary that is being paid to Deion Sanders, I've heard $6 million. Is that what you're hearing a little bit above $6 million? It's, uh, it's actually it's five years, $29.5 million, so it's an average of five point nine. Uh, it starts five point five this year and then goes up 200000 every year. Okay, so that's a lot more money than Carl Durrell was getting. I think he was at three six, three seven, somewhere yep. in that range, even this last year after some raises. Rick George made that comment at the news conference. He said, you know, I don't have the money now, but I, it's coming. Was he talking about media rights money? Was he talking about donor money? Where, where's the money coming from? No, I, I, and, you know, it was kind of a, it was kind of a, you know, a funny comment that he made, like, hey, we don't have it yet, but, um, you know, I, I think it's more that, I mean, they, they believe that, that there's going to be an influx of money, I mean, uh, donor money and things like that. And, uh, you know, I don't know if it's media rights, but uh, I think Dion's going to make a huge impact as far as the donations they get with this program. And, uh, you know, I, I, if Rick George didn't think that they could pay that, I don't think they would have offered that. And, you know, the other thing is that they're, they're going to pay a, a million dollars more to the assistance than they ever had before. So they're committing quite a bit that they never have before. I love the hire. I think it makes all the sense in the world. I, 
I don't mind the risk associated with it, and I think you know it's I think it's less a risk than hiring a young coach or Arizona State hiring Kenny Dillingham with no proof of performance. I I think you know I'm looking at what Colorado's doing, and I'm going, you know what? They're taking a big swing. If it doesn't work out, what's the downside for Rick George, the AD? What's the downside for the program? Well, I think if it doesn't work out, then you know clearly I think Rick uh, his job could be in jeopardy, I and mean, I think we're that's two years down the road from now, unless it completely is a disaster or there's violations or something like that. But, um, you know, that, that could be a couple of years down the road. And at that point, you know, Rick's getting towards the end of his contract anyway. Um, you know, Rick, he was asked yesterday, you know, what, what's your confidence level? You won't make another hire here. And he goes, I'm not going to make another hire here. <laughs> you know, so I, I think this is probably it for him. Um, and he, that's the confidence he's showing in Dion. But uh, it, there is some risk because, Dion's only been a coach uh, for really two full seasons in college, and uh, it's at a much lower level uh, than what the Pac-12 is. So I think there's some risk there, and maybe that's part of why other Power Fives weren't coming after him. But I think the potential reward is so high on this one. I agree with you. I, I really like the hire because of what it can do, you know, even off the field. I mean, I think it's such a – there's such potential for this to be transformational for this program that uh, – it's worth the, the money that you're out, you're going to pay him and uh, take that risk. I think it adds value to the Pac-12. It adds some media rights sizzle. I think uh, there's a lot of people happy that this is happening. Um, I, I'm curious what other coaches think about it, and I'll ask them, you know, as I begin to talk to them, they're so busy recruiting, I don't think that they've got, the, you know, their heads up kind of, you know, noticing what's happening everywhere. But uh, I, I really like what it what it is doing. The academic standards at Colorado have always been an obstacle. Uh, Mel Tucker talked about it. Carl Durrell talked about it. Um, was it talked about in the news conference? Will Will Coach Prime get some help from his administration because I think he could be super effective in the portal if he does? Yeah, you know, CU has actually. Um, it was such a big uh, you know deal, you know, with the transfer portal and you know Carl Durrell. Uh, you know, he he told me at media day, Pac-12 media day this year that. Look, he goes, I, I've kind of stopped looking at second- and third-year transfers because I can't get a lot of them into school. And, uh, you know, I asked that question at Carl Durrell's firing press conference, and um, the chancellor kind of, you know, was taken aback by that, by Carl's comment, and kind of bristled at it and saying, well, that's just the way it is. It's not going to change. They've changed it. You know, I, I think they've got a lot of pressure from people. Uh, they've announced changes, and, uh, and it's going to be much easier to get uh, transfers into Colorado now than it was a couple of weeks ago. And so they have to do that because um, some of these guys that uh, Deion wants to bring in, including his own son, might not have been able to you know, play for Colorado under the old transfer rules. So they had to change things like that in order to probably lure Deion to Boulder. All right. So what happens now? Because, you know, part of me is looking at, you know, he's got to get his feet on the ground. He's got to get some infrastructure established or is he out is he out recruiting? I mean, uh, we're, they were in a window that ended, I think, on Sunday where he could make home visits. How quickly is Deion Sanders and his staff going to be recruiting and trying to assemble a team that can compete next season? Yeah, very quickly. And we're already seeing a lot of that. Uh, you know, the interesting thing is that he's still going to coach Jackson State in the Celebration Bowl, which is on the 17th. And so uh, he's going to be pulling double duty and – you know, he had a funny comment yesterday that said, hey, I played Major League Baseball and, and uh, football 
and NFL at the same time. He goes, I can handle this. I can multitask. So, um, you know, he's already been doing a little bit of multitasking over the past week. Uh, he, I don't know how many home visits he'll be able to do, but they're certainly recruiting because uh, there's a lot of kids that are announcing new offers from Colorado today. So they're doing a lot of recruiting. And, frankly, when you're Deion Sanders, you can probably get done with a text or a quick phone call as much as some coaches could get done by flying out to somebody's home. All right, so help me with this, too, because I know when I covered Jerry Tarkanian, he had an entourage. He had people around him, and some of them were the people that were around him in Vegas. Like, you know, it was kind of a Vegas crowd suddenly, and it was noticeable because we were not in Vegas. What was the crowd around Dion like? Will he bring his own people? I know David Platty, the uh, longtime SID there at Colorado, he's retiring or semi-retiring after 40 years. Um what you know? What is uh, what is the infrastructure going to look like around Deion Sanders, the head coach? It's going to be very, very different. Um, he's got uh, a full team around him. You know, he's got three or four people that handle a lot of his scheduling, and um, I mean, all requests are going to have to go through his team. And so, uh, everything I've heard is that you know, when I make a request, uh, you know, typically, you know, I would go to Dave Platty and say, hey is Carl available on Tuesday or whatever? And Dave would check with Carl and then get it set up if we could do it. Well, this is, if you go to Dave Platty or whoever, you know, Hey, is, is Dion available? They have to go through Dion's team first and find out if he's available. He's got a social media team around him. They film everything. And uh, his son is, uh, is leading part of that. Dion Sanders jr. Is leading part of that. And uh, I mean, there was video cameras everywhere yesterday. And uh, he said in the press conference, he goes, look, we do documentaries here, and we're, you're going to see cameras all over the place. And, you know, we thought, I mean, how many times – I'm not sure I've ever seen uh, somebody on social media, a coach, talk to the team for the first time, a new yeah. coach. They, <laughs> threw, they threw it out there. And it was a 15-minute video that um, was probably a little unfair um, to have, have that out there for some of those players uh, being, uh, being told what they were told. But that's what they do. They're going to film everything. And it's his team that's kind of controlling all that. And it's, I think it's like 10, 12 people. I was trying to think about this. Is there a splashier hire that Colorado could have made? Because, you know, if Chip Kelly goes to Colorado, I don't think it's as splashy as this. Because I think people have already seen Chip Kelly coach in places, you know, in the Pac-12. If Nick Saban said, hey, I'm leaving Alabama for Colorado, you know, I just want to start over. And that I'm going to ski there in the winter and I'm going to coach football. I think it would be less splashy than this. It it feels like this is as splashy as it could have got within a reasonable hire. Like, you know, is this isn't like Tom Brady coming to Colorado and coaching football. Deion Sanders has got some proof of performance at Jackson State. But what was the reaction with season ticket holders? And are there any naysayers in that Colorado community that are calling this out going, this is just a circus. It's a it's a sideshow. Yeah, there there's some, but not nearly as many as uh, as the people that are excited about it. And I've I've already heard from people that you know season ticket holders that said I was ready to get rid of my season tickets, but now I just renewed today. You know, and they're all excited about it. And um, I think that place is going to be rocking next year. And I wouldn't be surprised if uh, they sell out. You know, most every game, uh, at least at least early on. You know, when they find it, when they try to see what this is going to look like. But um, I'm not sure there's a possible splashier hire you could make. And, you know, Nick Saban might be the closest thing you could get to something like that. But all the other candidates that we had talked about before, nobody would have had anywhere near the same amount of people there. Uh, nobody would have brought the same energy. 
And uh, especially over the last week when it was when Dion was the target and that's the name everybody was talking about, had it not been him, this fan base would have uh, – I think some of them might have jumped off cliffs and uh, you know, jumped off the flat iron somewhere and said, all right, I'm done. Brian Howell, Boulder Daily Camera. I hope you're hydrated and ready for the circus because you're in the middle of it. And I think it's going to be a fun football season. But let me ask you one final question before I cut you loose. Uh, what are, where are the expectations for next season? How many wins does the fan base uh, expect in year one from Coach Prime? You know, I, I, think, I think the fans are, are expecting there to be some wins and get to a bowl game. And, you know, there's, there's some high expectations. And, you know, he was asked about that yesterday. You know, how, how do you live up to that? And he goes, whatever their expectations are, mine are higher. You know, and, you know, Dion's expecting to compete for championships, and that's just the way he is. Um, I think fans would love to just get to a bowl game and, and, you know, just get back to winning and being relevant again. And they're relevant right now, but they've got to be relevant on the football field. Brian Howell, I appreciate you. Good stuff. Good luck. Thanks. Appreciate it. There he is. Hey, look, I'm going to tell you, as a media member, I would, I would, I love this hire for the Pac-12 because it makes it more interesting. It brings some eyeballs from around the country onto a conference that everybody, uh, you know, not everybody, but people outside of the Pacific Time Zone often dismiss. This is what the Pac-12 wanted. It wanted national attention. It wanted to matter. It didn't make the playoff. It was very disappointing on Friday, but somehow the conference ma- managed to matter. It wasn't that Colorado you know, reached into the uh, normal place where college programs hire coaches. Nope, Colorado painted a little outside the box, and I like the hire. I like it a lot. I, I, I don't see the downside at all. Uh, we'll shift to Will Stein, the new hire at the University of Oregon, and plus the bowl matchups in the Pac-12. I'll tell you what I think of the matchups, which games I think the Pac-12 will win. All of that's still ahead. You've got the home of the truth. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. All-new episode of Canzano and Wilner, the podcast is out. Make sure you're subscribed to that. Uh, if you're not reading me at johnconzano.com, Make sure that uh, you grab a free subscription or you grab a paid subscription. Uh, I uh, have given a total rundown of the Pac-12's bowl picture. Did that yesterday. Uh, I'm working on something about Will Stein, the new offensive coordinator at Oregon. I have confirmed, like several others, that he will be the hire at the University of Oregon. Um, I asked around. I asked some uh, sitting Power 5 conference head coaches who know Stein know his work. Uh, They say that he's won everywhere he's been. They like uh, the creativity he has on film. His background is obviously on the uh, passing side of offense. He was a quarterback at Louisville where he played for Charlie Strong. He was a uh, star high school quarterback in Kentucky. He won three state championships as a player. Uh, But he's been uh, calling the plays at University of Texas San Antonio. Uh, very creative, known as a guy who uh, likes to throw the ball. So it uh, looks like that's the direction Oregon is heading. Should be interesting to see what they look like. That said, I actually think the bigger questions for Oregon 
are on the other side of the ball. I think Oregon really struggled defensively down the stretch this season. I was very, I was underwhelmed uh, uh, about what I saw from Oregon in the Washington game. And I was underwhelmed by what I obviously saw in their season finale and their loss during the regular season finale to Oregon State. Uh, by the way, uh, for those of you who are looking for the big splash, I'll give you one. How about uh, DJ Johnson, uh, the University of Oregon uh, tight end turned uh, defensive lineman. His college career is over. Six-year senior will not play in the Holiday Bowl. He's preparing for the NFL draft. Dan Lanning said um, that there were some uh, comments that uh, were made to DJ Johnson, but uh, apparently uh, he uh, took a shot. People we interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Sorry Truth. to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.